Hello, listeners, and welcome to Sober Town. I am King 13, joining you again on this lovely Monday morning. And Christmas is approaching. But before we get to all that and things we're going to talk about, um, I just want to give a shout out to us here at Sober Town. We are basically now your one-stop shop for sobriety. If you are looking for tools or you want to listen to somebody's story, there are a lot of brave people from our IAS community who have told their stories and they really will help you in your journey. Um, we also have Todd's blogs and he talks a lot about what actually happens to the brain and the body whilst we are consuming alcohol. And if you are curious, please go there and have a look around. There's also lots of books that uh, you can actually go and take a look at. So we love Sober Town. We're all people here of the IES community and we work here to give back and make you guys, um, you know, not feel alone, like I said, and have a tool to, you know, maintain your journey in sobriety. And with me today, I have a special guest who also is on the train with us and he has his own YouTube channel and it is Jay from Getting Sober dot 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 again. Hey Jay, how are you going this morning? Thanks for joining me. I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. It's a pleasure as always. So much of a pleasure that you're the only <laughs> other podcast that I, I participate in other than my own. So that's how much I love the Sobertown community. So thank you for no. having me. No, well, you're really you're busy now because you've got your live stream. You've got your website. Tell me, how's the website going? Because last time you and I chatted, you were launching it. Yeah, um, we uh, the website's going really, really well. I mean, there's a lot of different things that you can uh, you can do on our website. Again, the website address is gettingsoberagain.com, gettingsoberagain.com. And um, and again, that's the for those of you that are not familiar, that's the name of our web. I'm sorry, our YouTube. Uh, page it's it's getting sober dot 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 again right and um so the website's going well so like the first thing that you'll see when you go to the website is something for you because you know it's like everybody's from the moment that you wake up we have sixty thousand thoughts a day right and then throughout the day we're going to be hit with six thousand advertisements from facebook to instagram which we were just talking about before we officially hit record you know you're getting mm. you're getting hit in your junk box and your email address and your other email address on uh, your facebook and your instagram on your web browser on google everything that you try to do even when you try to go watch sobriety content um on youtube i've <laughs> i've had people every now and then you know i i could tell people are still drunk but they'll like they'll leave a, a really crappy comment <laughs> on youtube and they're like oh yeah i went to go check out this guy <laughs> YouTube page and then I got shown an advertisement for alcohol and it's like mm. I don't control the advertisements I have no like it's unfortunately you know it's not my platform it's YouTube's platform so or whatever and I, I can't I have a hard time believing that they would put alcohol content or whatever it was or it was like maybe recovery content which is relevant you know if it's like you know if it's like a recovery place um, you are like an inpa uh, inpatient or outpatient place but you know so our attention is always getting divided every which way and we have to be very mindful of uh, something that we'll talk about a little bit later, which is uh, called trigger fasting. And that's something that we need to be very, very mindful of. A lot of mindfulness <laughs> has to happen around the holiday seasons. And we have to know where our triggers are coming from and what shape and what form and how we're going to avoid them. We can't just go into any battle blind because we think about when you go into battle, whether it be on an actual battlefield with guns and helicopters or whatever, or if it's in sobriety, I think that we would all agree that the worst strategy would go would be to say, all right, well, um, 
let me get my blindfold real quick and put this on and, and not make sure. And then like, I know I have a gun here. Let me not even bother to have, you know, any bullets in it or whatever. Right. So it's like, sometimes people go blind into yeah. battle and, and with their sobriety too, they're just like, all right, well, I'm not going to drink anymore. That's my plan. And it's like, oh, okay. So what are you going to do about like your, your route, home, your route home past the gas station, past the liquor store, past the grocery store. What are you going to do when you see the billboard? What are you going to do when those triggers start showing up uh, at two hours before you're supposed to clock out from work? The second that you punch out from work, when you put the key in the ignition, when you're on your way home from work and then you take that, that that same old route route home and you go and you sit in your comfortable chair and you watch your sports and you watch your sports and then you look at your lazy boy you look at the table next to your lazy boy and what's missing oh yeah my drink i'm doing literally everything the same except for you know i i'm this the alcohol's not there and then you you keep thinking about i don't have alcohol i don't have alcohol i don't have alcohol so it's like one of the things we have to work on uh during our holiday temptations is we have to be able to uh you know work on our trigger fasting and we have to be able to know where those temptations are going to be coming from Trigger fasting, that's an interesting concept. You yeah, know, Drifter, our owner, the owner of Slab Account, he's hilarious because he sort of was the same. He said he'd take the same route home from work every day and it was getting past that liquor store. And even in his mind, he'd be like, I'm going past, I'm going past, and all of a sudden he's in the driveway, in the shop, loaded, back home. He said he just could not. He'd bring his wife half an hour beforehand, say he's on his way home, and somehow could not avoid that store. So you have to be prepared. You're absolutely right. You have to have a plan. Go back to this trigger fasting. I've not heard that before. Tell us about that. Because, listeners, we are talking about temptations in the holidays. Oh, yeah. So, like, with, with um, trigger fasting, like I said, we have to know where our temptations are going to come from. So when you <clears> – <throat> excuse me – when you sit down – Hopefully when you sit down, a lot of people, so if you're listening right now and you're like, okay, what is this trigger fasting thing? Like, what am I supposed to do? <laughs> Think about and identify we got to draw out our battle plan. Like, what is your battle plan? Again, think of it as war. Alcohol is the enemy. And maybe not alcohol, because like, alcohol by itself, sitting there on a shelf is not the enemy. But the alcohol in industry is the enemy. Your, your mm -hmm. past self that continually chose to self-sabotage, that continually chose to have cold feet for everything that life has to offer and really, you know, putting life into high gear, that is the enemy, you know, so you're fighting against your past self, trying to just be 1% better each day. We keep thinking about like, we're competing with the whole world and we're repeat, we're, we're competing with Ryan Gosling, you know, <laughs> newsflash, he wins, he's gonna beat you, it doesn't matter, okay? <laughs> so we're just competing with ourselves yesterday. We're just trying to be 1% better yesterday because we can't forget about the steps there are steps in between everything. There's steps in between where we're at right now and where we want to go, literally and figuratively, right? Mm -hmm. So if we think about like a journey, if we're going to go on it, if I'm going to go on a journey to my kitchen, I have to take a couple steps. I have to get out of the seat. I have to walk around the corner. I have to walk up literal steps up to the kitchen around the corner and get to that refrigerator, open up that door handle. There's steps there. If I want to get a degree, we think about all the steps. I mean, just even before you can even attend college or university, you have to go through that dreaded step of talking to uh, to the what is it, the student aid or the financial aid department, mm -hmm. and you have to talk to them about getting a loan or like how. Well, first and foremost, they want to know how are you going to pay for this, right? Because nothing in the world is free. All that whole concept. They have to go there into admissions office. You have to be judged on your you know prior criteria of how you performed in your you know in academia before you even got to this new place. You have to come up with your schedule. By by the time you've done all that, it's like you don't even want to go to college anymore. <laughs> You're just like, I don't know if this is what it's gonna be like. Who knows what kind of you know, this has been quite a runaround. And but but we do that. We do that to get into college. We do that to uh you right. know, we do that 
to, you know, for our job. We do that for our relationship with our partner to make sure that our partner is pleased, that maybe our kids please, our family members are pleased, that are, you know, we, we, we're, we're, we're all seemingly in the business of people pleasing, except for the most important person, which is us. And then we kind of like, we act like scavengers, right? We act like scavengers and we just kind of like take, take what we can get. Like, let me get this little dopamine release right now. Let me just get, let me just take this out. Let me get, I'm gonna have some alcohol on my way home. And my wife might not know. Let me just, I'll just go, I'll just go to the bar. It's right, it's three minutes from my house because we all knew the route. It's just three minutes from the house. I'll just go there and they open at four. I get off at five, they'll already be open. I, I'll, maybe I'll even text the bartender. I'll text the bartender like, hey, can you have it ready for me? I'm gonna run you and grab a shot. <laughs> you get there and you, <laughs> and you have the shot. You know, you're plan, you can, you planned ahead for yeah, alcoholism. Yeah. No, we but did, have yeah. you, did you, yeah. did you take enough? Uh, did you put in the same amount of energy? Here's the thing, like there's equal and opposite reactions, right? So it's like, if you yeah. put in the same amount of energy into alcoholism as you would put into your next business plan, you'd right. be a knockout success. <laughs> <Exactly. laughs> but people don't think about that. You spent four hours a night at the bar, but like how many hours did you spend on your business plan? So when we talk yeah. about trigger fasting, it's all, it's that it's like from the moment you wake up in bed, like, like whatever you got to do, like uh, if you get like a screen, you can get a you can get like a screen counter on your phone to to, to measure how much screen time that you're using. Um, and you might say like, oh, that's kind of ridiculous. Well, that sounds like I'd have a problem. I'm not like a I'm not a social media addict, but like, are you sure? Like if you if you look, I think you'd be shocked if you looked at your phone and you saw like how much time that you're spending on Instagram, on Facebook, on scrolling obsessively through the news, like because you'll get the same dopamine. Think about this. You'll get the same dopamine release that you'd get from like alcohol or whatever else from just reading headlines, those uh, those viral, you know, those uh, those catchy mm -hmm. headlines of articles. And it's like, oh, a boy brings gun to school. Uh, parents are arrested. That's another one. It's like, oh, somebody stole from a, a, a from a buffet or the homelessness is out of control. And you're just like, whoa, I read that headline. I read that hat, that headline. I read another headline and you feel accomplished because it's like easy to digest garbage instead of sitting there and spending the time and spending the work of maybe coming over to Sobertown podcast and checking out all of the different authors that have been on this particular program and maybe absorbing some of their content, some of their, mm -hmm. you know, some of these people that you've, you've had on your podcast, this has been their life work. They've been, they've spent 20, 30 years doing all this research, which we're going to do. I'm gonna, we're going to talk about a little, a little bit of research that we do it, uh, with getting sober again, but there are so many people, you know, you think like, well, what's the difference, you know, of reading a book versus, uh, instead of just like sitting down and reading all these these uh, salacious headlines, well, sitting down and reading a book from uh, from a well-accredited author, like I said, maybe these people have taught, maybe these people have done research, maybe they have funding behind them, and it might have been thirty years. It might have been thirty years of research and work that's behind them for them to have made it in this easy to consume book. Maybe they're not easy to consume, but you get the point. So trigger fasting comes in the form of saying like, okay. I'm spending too much time scrolling. I'm spending too much time on Facebook. I'm spending too much time on Instagram. Like I'll literally sing the song to myself. You know that song, uh, La Cucaracha? <laughs> Yeah. about cockroaches it's like la cucaracha la cucaracha so i think about that subconsciously and then i tell myself of the, about the little cucaracha about the cockroach i say don't get distracted don't get distracted and i sing that to myself all the time so like when i find myself scrolling like you know four five six ten times i'm like oh crap mm -hmm. like it's like automatic in my brain yeah. i started thinking don't get this like stop don't get distracted don't get distracted and i gotta think about that all the time because uh you know all the triggers are everywhere and you're gonna set yourself up for like once you you know triggers like a lot of people don't understand that when you go on instagram or any of these social media websites they're designed to 
grab your attention. They're designed right. to send you alerts. They're designed to remind you like nudge, nudge. Hey, uh, it's been a while. So, or, or, or one of your friends just posted to their story for the first time. And you're like, or for the first time in a week. And you're like, oh, let me go check this out. And then you go and they're like on vacation. You're like, oh no, I can't afford vacation. <laughs> I feel shitty. I feel terrible about myself. And you're like, all right. So, and then you do like the violent scroll. You scroll up like really aggressively real fast. Like, I don't want to see that. Get out of here. And you scroll on the next thing. And somebody's like lifting their shirt up and showing their abs. I'm like, oh no, I don't even have any abs. <laughs> I hate this. And you scroll up and you're, you're thinking about like all the donuts that you ate yesterday and all the booze and how far away you're, 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 you are from seeing one ab and you're like, oh, I can't deal with my life. I hate this. And then somebody like, and you scroll in the next one and somebody's like celebrating. I just sold a new house. And you're like, oh, I don't have any money. I don't even have a house. And like, it's like, everything is just designed to make you feel terrible. So it's like yeah. fasting comes from like spend less time spend less time on TV, spend less time on Instagram, oh, spend yeah. less time on social media, spend less time like reading those shitty articles on Fox News, MSNBC, CNN. They're two different arms of the same machine. They want to like, oh, this it's the right side. It's the left side. It's all one big conglomerate. It's all one big corporation that's all trying to steal your attention and keep you from being your best self. And then peppered in between there, they're like, um, are you depressed? Maybe you should dry some Balta. You know, are you feeling like lesser than, or do you feel less than like a superhero? Then maybe you should talk to, talk to your doctor about you know some boner pills or whatever it is and you're like oh i do i don't feel like having sex anymore maybe if i take some boner pills I mean, you know it's like we're, we're always feeling inadequate and we always we always want to self-medicate we always want to like for a lot of us you know we're like walking pharmacies you know it's like i got a little bit of this a little bit of that this is gonna make me feel better this is gonna make me run faster this one's gonna make my skin really hot when i go to the gym i don't know about this this one's gonna make me look 20 years younger and at the end of the day when you take up all the makeup and you're laying down in your bed and you let your stomach out you undo that top button you're just like oh all right all the bullshit's over <laughs> now i can just see me in private <laughs> right right so, oh my god it's you're like so you know putting funny. yourself on a diet just put yourself on a diet from all the bullshit. and like fortunately I haven't even started talking about all the stuff I want to talk about yet. But, um, you know, so we had people with two podcasts ago with you and me, we did um, Sober October. And I'm like mm -hmm. happy to to um, to say that in the just in the past 10 days alone, um, we've celebrated over 15 people who are that are celebrating a sobriety milestone of, at, of a minimum 30 days sober. So Good. it's 30 days sober, 60 days sober, 90 days Yay. sober, six months sober, and one year or more sober. And we have, have had people had um, in all five of those categories. And that's why when you go to our website, gettingsoberagain.com, the first thing that you see is your sobriety sign up. It says sign up we're going to celebrate your sobriety. You tell us just your name, your YouTube name, when you got sober, what is your next sobriety milestone, like 30 days. And then what is the date of that sobriety milestone? You click next and that's it. I'm not going to ask you for money. I'm not going to ask you to buy my book. I'm not going to ask you to buy myself, you know, whatever. There's nothing for you to buy. There, it's just all about celebrating you and trying to give you that extra push to try to put that little bit of, that little bit of wind in your sails <laughs> yeah. to the next uh, so, uh, sobriety milestone. Because that's important because like we're all, I think like when you go out there, I don't think that anybody feels like they have any kind of support. And if you don't mind, I want to talk about uh, some of the, the research that we've done here. Because, um, you know, when you come to our, our live stream and chats every Friday and every Sunday, only on YouTube at 7 p.m. Eastern, again, that's Friday and Sundays at 7 p.m. Eastern, we do two-hour live streams. So I have a place to hang out so I don't have to go to the bar or worry about having the fear of missing out and having you know, to worry about my trigger fasting myself. I get to come to a place where I get to learn about you, where I get to hear about your day, where I get to celebrate your success. That's what we did in the last three live streams. On Friday, we had two of them. 
And on Sunday, we had one for over two and a half hours. We had a ticker at the bottom. And if you had, if you, all you had to do is say, hey, Jay, I'm 117 days sober or I'm six mm -hmm. months sober. We put your name at the bottom of the screen and we shouted you out for the whole world to see. I mean, well, not, you know, we, there's still anonymity. So we're not going to put your first, you know, we're not going to put your like first name and your last name and your social security number. <laughs> but yeah. it'd be like, uh, like Julie B, for example, is one of our supporters. Yeah. And I told everybody like, hey, get rid of the last name. It's, it's still YouTube, right? Um, you never know if you're going to want to run for political office. So on those live streams, <laughs> we talked about we do um, we do polls every one of our live streams. And so that data we share with our viewers, because really it's all about it's all about having the game plan. What is your game plan for going into the holidays? We just passed a big one, two big ones, technically, or maybe three big ones. The first one would have been a Halloween, right? Um, mm -hmm. And everybody knows that's a drinking holiday. We're going to dress up. We're going to put a mask on over this body that we don't like and this face that we're ashamed of. <laughs> and then we're going to we're going to get drunk. We're going to get drunk and we're literally going to put a mask on. Right. And then the next one is the day before Thanksgiving here in the United States. It's called Blackout Wednesday or Drinksgiving. That's uh, it's it's the biggest night of drinking per year because all of the college kids who are now of age to drink, they're coming back home and they got, they all have their fake IDs. The last restaurant I used to work at, fake ID technology, I don't know if you remember back when you were a kid, I used to make fake IDs, don't tell my mom, but uh, <laughs> now, now the fake IDs, you can get these fake IDs made and they're like a hundred bucks. They come from wherever, China or wherever, different websites and they scan, they have holograms, they get you in at the door, they work. And the last restaurant I worked at, I worked, I, they, they were like literally every single one of these kids, these college kids, right? <laughs> they all had IDs that said that they were 21, 22, 23, 24, but didn't look a day over 19, right? Mm -hmm. So it's like, you know, when you're, when you're thinking about alcohol and temptation, Blackout Wednesday, all these kids have IDs now. And what the, what don't they have? They don't have a lot of experience drinking. They don't know what their limitations are. They don't know how many is too many before they're getting behind no. the wheel. Um, they're taking big risks. They're doing stupid stuff like drinking and smoking weed and doing whatever else. Maybe, you know, maybe pills, maybe illicit drugs, maybe prescription drugs. They're mixing things. They're finding out that like, oh, this combination's fatal. Found that out the hard way. Or maybe I got a DUI, found that out the hard way. Or, you know, maybe I killed a family uh, while driving home drunk and I found out that the hard way. So that was the day before Thanksgiving, uh, that which that's called uh, Drinksgiving or um, Blackout Wednesday. And then the very next day is the day to recover Thanksgiving when you're going to be home with your friends and you're going to gorge and you're going to overindulge and you're going to binge because you're already in the binge mindset. That whole holiday is all about binging, right? It's all about being thankful for everything that you have and you're over and you're overabundance of whatever you have and friends, you know, and then also friends and family, of course, but, but, you know, but first and foremost, food and alcohol, right? So one of the polls that we did um, in our live stream and chat, we, um, we asked people, let's just go straight into the polls, but, um, but first, before that, you know, go, talking about this holiday season, starting with Thanksgiving, the five weeks between Thanksgiving and New Year's Day, you know, grab your pen and pen, pen and paper if you got one nearby. Folks listening at home, um, the five weeks before Thanksgiving, between Thanksgiving and New Year's, one quarter of all of the alcohol sales are done in these five weeks. 25% of all the sales. Yep. Five yep. weeks only represents less than 10% of all of the time, but all, mm. but 25% of the sales Crazy. are done, right? Yep. So that's all happening. Of course, you think like, well, a lot of people are probably buying gifts and bottles of wine and you know, whatever they're gifting alcohol. Cause that's easy, right? Everybody, cause everybody drinks, right? So let's go into these numbers. Um, so the polls, we do these polls 
uh, at our live streams every Friday and every Sunday night. So we found out that 70%, I'm sorry, 76% of viewers report having better health results with their doctor since getting sober. So mm -hmm. I want you to remember this. 76% of people have better results when they visit their doctor after quitting alcohol. So just remember that's we're going to start off with that. 71% of people say that they smoke cigarettes when they drink alcohol. And we talk about all the time, my personal opinion, you know, there's, there's two very good schools of thought um, on what the real gateway drug is. I very firmly believe that Trump, that pain and trauma is the gateway, is the real gateway drug. But moving on from that, you know, when you go from one thing to another, you start to, you want to start self-medicating. And then the first thing that we're, that we get introduced to because it's so normalized, because we saw, we saw Grandpa Joe doing it and Uncle Bob and, and we saw our dad doing it and maybe our mom doing it was drinking alcohol. We saw John yeah. Wayne doing it. We saw Elvis doing it. We saw everybody doing it. We saw our favorite rappers, our favorite basketball players, you name it. Everywhere we went, alcohol was there, right? And so when we think about uh, the, the gateway drug, it's like so many things. I didn't really want to do anything else. Like I like... I didn't start even dabbling with drugs until I was almost 30 years old. I was 20, I think like 29 years old before I took anything other than like, like weed or cigarettes. Right. So I talk about like, you know, alcohol, I believe is the, is the biggest gateway drug. It just from alcohol alone, you think yeah. like, Oh no, I drank too much alcohol. Now I need like a little pick me up, whatever that is. Right. Um, and then it just leads, leads to another one. So we said, we found out that 71% of, we actually found that out last night, 71% of people said that they smoke cigarettes when they drink alcohol. Uh, now check out this one. 48% of people said that they were more addicted, more addicted to not wanting to deal with the commitments of their life rather than 52% of people said that they were actually addicted to alcohol. So I, I like, I like to ask these questions because it's all about trying to retrain and reshape our mind into thinking right. a more objective <laughs> way about what has been happening to us, what we've been exposed to, practicing our trigger fasting and being aware of like what the enemy is and what direction they're going to come from. We talked about that a little bit last time. Mm. Um, so today, today happens to be Monday when we're recording this. 38% of people report that they're going to job, going to a job that they hate today. 38% of people. Yeah. Um, and I think the overall statistics, uh, maybe it was like with regards to like millennials or maybe just people in general, that 80% of people, I think it's closer to 80% of people um, just that don't like their jobs at all. So this is 38% of people said that they hate their jobs um, in, our, in our live stream. So the next question was 73% uh, of people said that they thought to themselves, it's too late to start getting sober. 73% thought it was too late to start getting sober. So now you can see the like the cycle of you're thinking about, well, I don't like my job. I don't like who I am and everybody else is doing it. It's normalized. So it's really easy for people to be stuck mm. and stay in the yeah. cycle of alcohol and normalized traumas, mm. right? And so moving forward from there, 50% of viewers reported that they said to themselves, I'm going to get sober eight or more times before they actually yeah. made the commitment. Okay, over 50% or roughly 50%. I think it was 50% on the dot. So eight or more times, right? So if you know, for viewers listening at home, how many times would you guess? I mean, obviously, we're not we can't time travel, we didn't write it down anywhere. <laughs> the last thing we wanted was a was a paper trail of all the stupid stuff that we did. <laughs> right. So 80% um, of people <clears throat> said that they failed 
within the first week of trying to get sober, 80%. Now, 73% of viewers report that they expect to be around alcoholic relatives during the holiday, 73%. So we're gonna talk about that normalizing, right? It's, it's Aunt Ginny, it's Uncle Bob, it's Grandpa Ted, it's all these people around the holidays. Now, even the younger people that are coming of age, maybe they had a little bit of wine to the table. It's just a thing that you do. It's like, it's, for some people, it seems to be like a rite of passage. Mm-hmm. Now that now you're able to join the adults at the adult table, and now that you're an adult, what do we do at the adult table? We drink. So 73% of people report that they're gonna be around, they expect to be around alcoholic relatives for the holidays. 80% of people, said that they typically had had five or more drinks on holidays, 80%, five or more drinks. 78% of people personally knew less than two people who ever got sober. 78% of people have only 2%, or sorry, only have two people or less in their lives who they knew of that even got sober, that took the time to get sober and stay sober. So we asked the question, so where's the support? What are you supposed to do? Where are you supposed to turn to? A lot of people then feel like they're struggling in silence. And thank God for technology. Thank, for, thank God for sites like Sobertown Podcast and Getting Sober Again and, and, and all the other uh, content creators, the sober content creators out there, whether they, they be on Instagram or Facebook or YouTube or wherever they are, right? So look, let's look at this number. So our viewers, this is just our viewers, mind you. 97, 97% of our viewers said that they are not currently going to AA meetings. That's a pretty big number. That's basically everybody. Basically, everybody said that they don't go to AA. And then, so you say like, well, maybe it's not, you know, there was a pandemic, people couldn't go to AA, whatever it was. So then, but what about this one? 0% of people said that they're in therapy. Nobody, none of our viewers. And and this is so so this is just a commentary on our viewers but they still represent i mean these are people from the united states from canada from the uk from australia people from all around the world that are coming to our live streams we ask these questions we ask these questions repeatedly and i don't expect that these numbers are going to shift very much I'm, I'm i'm guessing if i ask the same question on wednesday and then maybe on on friday and on sunday this week maybe somebody will say that they're in therapy um and so we're trying to find people better help. We're trying to find people, uh, you know, better and more avenues for whatever is going to work for them. Because you know, some people are going to come to Sobertown Podcast and they might say, "I don't know, not my cup of tea." Some people might come to GettingSoberAgain.com and say, "I don't know, not my cup of tea." So wherever, wherever it is, and whatever book, whatever resource, whatever handbook, whatever workshop, <laughs> whatever it is that works for you. If it's AA, if it's a rehab, if it's outpatient clinic, good for you. But you know, also too, know that. This is a community and there are other people out there that are struggling just like you are currently or just like you were previously. So that's where I wanted to talk about and say, like, I'm, I was I was happy that I was happy to, to say earlier, like I said, that we've had just in the past 10 days, we've had over 15 people who had reached the, all these milestones of 30 days sober, 60 days, 90 days, six months or one or one or more years. And, you know, that makes me happy knowing that these people are out there. And that mostly comes from um from the sober october folks like i was telling you about and again for people that uh you know 
whether or not you're sober because you, you you might listen to sober content meanwhile you're still struggling you know we have people that come to our to come to my website another resource that we have at my website is what i call sober motivation sessions there's zoom calls just like this where you can book me for either half an hour or for a full hour it's just like a talk therapy session or like a peer media or a peer mediation session whatever it is i'll listen I'll, I'll give advice if you ask me for advice i can run through all the statistics all the information um, that i have from having done this for the past three years um you know, we have that at your disposal so it's it, having all the resources more resources the better so for the po the folks that started um sober october they're on track to be 90 days sober by january 1st mm -hmm. and you might think to yourself like well crap like well so i missed that train too but they're, they're, you've met we've we've admittedly missed a lot of trains in our lives right you know maybe we should have had a better car or, or a better job or a better education or you know somebody else that we we were gonna we are the first love of our life or whatever it was there are a lot of things that are like there are a lot of ways our life could have been but we get the opportunity now we have to it's not we have to but we get to we have we get to we choose to we get to choose what we want and the direction our life is going to go in now. So moving forward with all that, um, so those Sober October folks, like even if you're not starting now, if you haven't, or if you didn't start on a Sober October or for No Drink November or for Dry December, whatever, you know, whatever these clever uh, catchphrases are, it's still important to get a head start before, in my opinion, this is one of the impo most important things is to always get a head start. You always wanna get a head start before you start any life altering and life changing journey because on january 1st which is right around the corner it's it's december 6th right now but watch what happens you're gonna wake up tomorrow you and i are gonna wake up tomorrow and it's gonna be february <laughs> that's what's gonna happen time starts to fly and especially now that you know we, we're putting more on our plate we're doing more with our sobriety hopefully we're doing more you know and we're spreading the word and we're trying to help more people so if you hadn't started if you didn't start for sober October, if you didn't start in the past, the best day to start was yesterday, but the next best day to start is now. Yeah, look, absolutely. And like you, we're always down rabbit holes working out, you know, ways that we can maintain this sobriety. And I, I'm a true believer. I wanted to self-maintain, you know, from a long time ago. And on Sobertown um, podcast right now, there's a link. We're doing um, Zooms on a book by Erica Spiegelman called Rewired. And it's rewiring all aspects of your life. And it's fantastic. It really is. It goes through, you know, authenticity, honesty, boundaries, relationships, love, the whole thing. And we're having Zooms three times a week. Now, um, the link is there for any of the listeners that want to go to SoberTownPodcast.com. If you just scroll down the front page, there's a gold rectangle um, box that you just click and it will take you straight through. Um, and I'm happy to get the times to you, um, you know, if you just contact us through the website. But, yeah, I mean, it's the thing is, what I have learned, Jay, is in this community, we talked about this yesterday because we have mixed Zooms and ladies Zooms and all sorts of things. The, just the connection. Like I know you said, people aren't turning up to AA meetings, um, but they've got them online. Maybe they're still not going to them. People want connection. And we have found the numbers. I We had just yesterday, we did a small ladies meeting of about 10 women. And I can tell you, I added up all the days between us because we introduce each other, um, where we're from and how many days we're at. We were at over 2,000 days. Ooh. Now, why? It's because we are turning up. Our success rate of people just coming to these Zooms and connecting and talking are really strengthening their sobriety, regardless. Because nobody wants to feel alone in this journey, do they? Nobody. 
like I was. I had nowhere to turn. Now, between you at getting sober dot, dot, dot again, Sober Town Podcast, there are, they can go there. They can get help. They can listen. They can join. They can participate. They can sit back if they want. Even with our Zooms, you don't have to, um, with a lot of the Zooms, you know, you don't have to say anything. You can just listen if you don't have the courage or the nerve because sometimes they get a little bit scared. There's nothing to be scared of. We've all got the same issue that we're trying to deal with. But the success rate is really high through community and connecting. And we have a gentleman that says, you know, um, connection is the opposite of addiction, and it really is. But dealing with these holidays, go on. Sorry, I didn't mean to throw all that in there. But, yeah, let's talk more about the holidays and the temptations. And those, oh, no. These numbers that you've got here are incredible. And you know what? Ask yourself, which ones do you do out of them? Do you do AA meetings? Yeah, no, I, I, I don't. Like, personally, I... I the only the I whole reason why I have a channel is because a uh, YouTube channel is because I come down to like I didn't know like we, we were talking about this in our live stream last night what are common things like what, what what was it like for you when you first started getting sober you know you probably had thoughts like well who do I know that's sober who can I talk to is there anybody that I could talk to about this because it's kind of taboo first and foremost mm-hmm. the thing that we're talking what we're really talking about here is that if you're being nice to yourself what we're talking about is my life is out of balance some way and I've got to fix it. But what, how, what a lot of people, the, what's going on in their, or, you know, and they're already a self-deprecating mind is you have a problem. I drink too much. I drink too much and I have a problem <laughs> and I'm not an adult and I can't handle myself or my business and I'm going to lose, I'm going to lose my family and my friends and everybody's going to judge me. I'm going to be judged. I'm going to be judged. Right. Like I'm it's saying like, you have a problem from everybody else. Yeah. That's yeah. what they think as soon as you, if you say you have, and it's an alcohol use disorder and it's progressive, okay? But the stigma is going away. I do believe that. And I, but I didn't know anybody. Did you know anybody that was sober? No, I didn't know a whole heck of a lot of people. Um, but I did shout out somebody, um, uh, a friend from the service industry. Um, her name is Liz. And she's now, we shouted her out during last night's live stream. I think she's over over two years sober now wow. and you know my current streak is is just over one straight year and counting of course but yeah so i didn't know and there was another guy who lives like 150 miles away where the you know the city that i used to live in down in columbus ohio the state capital um but he's sober and he's been sober for for many years a couple of decades now i think and uh, but he's like in the punk rock scene he's covered in tattoos and he's <laughs> you know, he's an artist um you know very loud very big personality and it's like that's what I want. You know, like I want to know if that guy can do it. Well, how can I do it? Because coming from, you know, being an artist, we all think about like there's 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 pain, there's trauma, there's self-torture, there's all this stuff. We're trying to deal with our emotions and maybe we're trying to deal with our emotions through music or on canvas or with a camera or through writing or whatever it is. So I was able to fortunately. I came to a realization that I could combine all of my talents through right. of the music, of the videography, of the photography, of the graphic design, of the website design, and in writing too. You know, like I write all my episodes on Wednesdays. Mm-hmm. And so I put all that together in this one unique package called Getting Sober Dot 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 Again, instead of going the traditional route of AA. And I started just like really asking, trying to be as, as honest with myself as possible. And I listened to other, um, I listened to other uh, sobriety coaches. The one I think that was the most helpful to me um, because he was kind and seemingly compassionate. And, um, and I liked where he was coming from was, um, was Kevin O'Hara. He has the um, Habits Unplugged channel. I think he's from like Ireland or the UK. 
Um, I think he's like maybe 50 in his 50s, uh, Irish guy, bald, shaved, uh, shaved head. And um, and I think like his his life had gotten out of balance, maybe like eight years ago or something like that. And he started his his uh, sobriety content, his sobriety channel. And I listened to, to, to his content a lot. And so I kind of took, you know, I, I my approach in life is I take a little bit from column A, a little bit from column B, a yeah, little bit from right. this religion, a little bit from that and try yep. to make a unique and custom package to me. And what I got from him was the kindness. And I thought like. Well, so that I'm all about kindness, compassion, and consideration. And what we preach at Getting Sober Again is no judgment sobriety. And that's why that's how the name that that's why we have the name called Getting Sober dot 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 again. It's because a lot of us, like we mentioned earlier, it's like uh what was it over fifty percent of people reported failing mm-hmm. failing eight eight times or more during their first week of trying to get sober, right? So it's like you don't count yourself out. You know, like you're your biggest cheerleader. The most important relationship you're going to have with anybody is with yourself. So we got to know that first and foremost before we try and before we start trying to fix other people. We got to fix ourselves first. That's what I said. You've got to be. And that's when I didn't have anybody. That was when I told you before I decided to be my own best friend or my own coach. Yeah. And so I was, I, you know, I was coaching her through it, and and it, it's not easy, but. You know, you've got to do what works for you too. And as I said, once I found the I Am Sober community that does track your days and you do meet people there because you've got a whole lot of people within the same time frame. You post, you make friends, and then, you know, you get to Zooms and you break off into different groups and, you know, you find what works for you. I tried a few other things and they didn't. But we don't have any judgment in our Zooms. You know, yesterday um, I was hosting a Zoom and for ladies and my big thing at the moment is the power in sobriety. There is a lot of power in your sobriety that people either haven't found out about yet or are discovering. And it's only now that I am coming up to my one year, thank God, um, that I have discovered. People have told me certain instances of things that they're doing and they've done. And people are gaining trust in themselves. They're gaining the confidence. They've got the clarity. Do you know what I mean? They know what they mean and they mean what they say. They know, yeah. and you can't judge, you know, you can't doubt yourself anymore. Whereas maybe when you were drinking, you would have doubted yourself. So there's all these lovely things to look forward to that I never knew were possible that you could stand, stand so strong in the sobriety. And now I get it. I get it. Yeah. I think a lot of people are just afraid of, of being their true selves because from the moment that you're born, not everybody had the luxury and I will say luxury. Um, it's not a right to be born with two loving, amazing, well-rounded, educated parents. You know, we don't, not everybody gets that. Not everybody even gets parents. They came from a household of loving, kind, compassionate, educated parents, right? Um, So we're always trying to just be the best version of ourselves that we possibly can be. And one, um, you know, going back to the uh, identifying the triggers, like with the with the trigger fasting, you know, an awesome exercise. What I'd like everybody to do, if you're listening right now, you know, pause if if this is recorded in the future, just pause right now and just really write down the way the the reason why King Thirteen and myself, why we have the success that we have with our communities, is because we took extra steps. We asked bigger questions and when you ask these bigger questions you got to be open to whatever that answer is going to be because you know what you know what you did and you tried to drink your way out of it (laughs) right so you got to be open to whatever those answers are so right now identify what are the triggers 
And these are, you could put them in categories. Maybe the first category is gonna be people. Maybe the second category is gonna be places. Maybe the second, the third category is gonna be things. And maybe the next one's gonna be events. If you wanna do those four, four things, people, places, things, and events. And write down in each one of those sections, what, who, what, when, where, and why, where, where all these triggers are coming from. So they're now identified so that you have this battle plan ready for the holidays so that you know when you're, when you're coming up to Christmas, just like we talked about before, like if you had a, if you had a life-changing job interview tomorrow, what are you going to do tonight? Are you going to go get shit faced and then you're going to wake up and you're just going to, you're going to roll out of bed in your pajamas. And then you're just going to grab your car keys with no shoes on. You're going to go there and be like, I'm here. It's me. And it's like, yeah, of course they want you, but they like polish yourself up a little bit, you know, put a comb through your hair, maybe, maybe change your clothes, right? <laughs> maybe take a shower, do those things. But on top of that's the most basic stuff that you can do, right? That's kind of the equivalent of just like, just saying like, well, I'm not going to drink alcohol anymore. Well, it's like, okay, it's, it's a little bit bigger than that. Maybe we're going to upgrade our portfolio. Maybe we're going to upgrade, we're going to update our resume. Maybe we're going to make sure that our, our, that our references are still good references, that their phone numbers still work, that they can still be reached. Maybe we can kind of go over relevant experience with those people. You're going to do everything and anything that you can do to make sure that you get the job. You're going to, you're going to prepare what clothes you're going to put on. You know what you're going to eat in the morning. You maybe you're not, maybe you're not going to eat a half a pint of ice cream before bed maybe you're only going to eat a quarter of a pint of ice cream before bed you're going to do you're going to try to swing everything in your favor so that you get the results that you want so identify right now who are the triggers in the people that you know and the places that you had gone to or that you may still continue to go to and the things things in your life maybe it's maybe it's tv maybe it's netflix maybe it's the internet maybe it's certain habits maybe it's like just like uh you know maybe some people pair, pair cigarettes and coffee together well if you're trying to quit uh trying to quit cigarettes maybe dosing yourself with caffeine throughout the day mm -hmm. isn't the best for your heart and you know you're trying to keep yourself leveled throughout the day. So if you got to know like, well, well, I don't want, I said I was getting, giving up cigarettes. I didn't say I was giving up coffee. It's like, well, but, but the two things are going hand in hand in the beginning. You know, like, I think that I, I, I think a lot of people too, ultimately we want a little bit of balance or we want a better balance. And I feel like I have a better balance with a lot of things across the board. Now that I've given up um, alcohol and even like, I, you know, I used to smoke like a K I was an occasional smoker. Um, but even too, like, I would just even go back to like, Oh, I'll just drink with, I'll, I'll just, uh, I'll, I'll smoke whenever I drink type of thing. But then it was like, well, then I was just drinking every day. Right. And then even when I was giving up, when I gave up drinking, I was still even smoking then mm. because it was like, I was used to smoke. I was used to having a cigarette sometimes after the gym, after I, after I got done working, it was like, Oh, let me take a work break. Let me break, let me relieve myself of stress from work and then go have a de-stressing agent and go have a cigarette where it's like, I could just sitting on the couch would have been fine. You know, just going outside and sitting in the chair would have been fine. Expressing gratitude would have been fine. And that's another thing that like one of the ways I've been, I've been changing my life this past year is, um, you know, the, like we said, the not saying I have to do something, I get to do something, but also expressing more gratitude throughout the day. Something I just started doing recently this week is when I go on the treadmill and, you know, I like to try to learn when I'm on the treadmill, right? But, um, you know, rarely am I like listening to music or whatever pop culture stuff. But what I started doing is really priming myself for gratitude. So one of the new things I started doing on the treadmill is I, I do in, 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 um, in, in groups of 10, I'll say thank you. 
thank you to God, thank you to the universe, whatever. Very simple, in between my, my steps, in between my breasts, I'll say, thank you for my house, thank you for my house, thank you for my house, thank you for my 10 times, thank you for my cat, thank you for my cat, thank you for my car, thank you for my mom, thank you for food, thank you for my health, thank you for, you know, and just everything that I could think of, it's an, ex it's, it's an exercise in gratitude. Cause then you start like, you're like, all right, I've done like 10 of these. You're like, what else am I thankful for? And then you'll catch yourself and be like, I can't, look at me listen to me i can't even think of an 11th thing to be gratitude like be grateful for like what about be like being grateful for indoor plumbing you might say like well that's kind of silly but is it though like isn't isn't indoor plumbing a modern miracle isn't it lovely that every time that you've used the toilet that it, you've never had to see it again right be thankful for that thank be thankful for electricity be thankful for oh here's another one your sobriety how about that being th how about being thankful for youtube thankful like thankful for sober town thankful thank you for sober town i mean sometimes they're tongue twisters right <laughs> but you get to be you get to express gratitude and it's a wonderful exercise because one of the things you know why i bring this point up is that when we were drinking and when we were using something that happens a unique phenomenon that happens is that all of a sudden we stop being grateful for literally everything a really simple exercise like think of something that you love if you can't think of anything, I'll give you one. How about pizza? <laughs> How about ice cream, right? If you find yourself that you that you can't even just having pizza is just like, eh, I'm just getting a pizza, whatever. It's just it's just a pizza. It's not it's it's just food. It's not going to change my life. When you get into the mindset, you start looking at things and think you start thinking this isn't going to change my life. My life's not going to be any better. That's when that's when your life's out of balance. That's when you're taking literally everything for granted. You're taking your health for granted. You're already you're already slaughtering your body with drugs, with cigarettes, with who knows whatever else. Because we, you know, we, as we're in our polls, when you're addicted, when you're addicted to alcohol, when you have alcohol use disorder or substance use disorder, whatever, whatever your whatever it is, chances are you're not just addicted to one thing. It might be alcohol and cigarettes. It might be alcohol and pain pills. Mm. It might be alcohol and cocaine, whatever, who knows what it is. It might, it might be alcohol in, um, in, uh, in, uh, in adult movies. It might be alcohol in, uh, in, in online shopping, alcohol and gambling, who knows what it is, but we have to start asking ourselves those big questions and hold ourselves accountable because literally nobody else is gonna do it. But here's the thing, if you wait, for somebody else to hold you accountable and you have that one day when your whole family shows up to your house and says hey we need to talk we need to we should maybe think about getting you some professional help there's no shame in that but my encouragement to you is maybe you're listening to this right now and you know it's going to be a long journey ahead and there are going to be many steps in between where you are right now and where you would like to be I think that your ultimate goal, goal, if another thing that you wanna write down right now is what should my goal be? You should be able, whenever you get to the point where you say that my life, uh, I'm living my best life and life has never been better. If you can get to that point, it doesn't mean that you won the actual lottery, the state lottery. It doesn't mean that you wake up and you got a Bugatti or a Lamborghini or a Ferrari in your driveway. It doesn't mean that you're gonna wake up and you're gonna be mysteriously the owner of a brand new mansion that you're gonna have to scramble and figure out how you're gonna pay for the property taxes. It doesn't mean any of those things. But when you can when you can look around and say like, man, this is awesome. I, I have like all this stuff and I haven't, I haven't had to sell any of it in a while because I haven't been in a mad scramble because my life is so out, out of balance with drugs or alcohol that I've had to be, I've had to sell a bunch of stuff. That's a miracle. And I like my stuff and I like who I am. And I like that when I look at my, when I look in the mirror, 
I have less bags under my eyes. That's kind of cool. And people are con are commenting on like, oh, there's something different about you. Like, what's different about you? I, oh, I know. The last time I saw you, your videos were in black and white. Now your videos are in color. Oh, that's different. You look amazing. You look like your life is more animated. It looks like you're living your life in full color, right? And you may not get compliments, but that should be one of your goals because sobriety again is not a destination, but along that along that uh, along the journey of sobriety, better health might be a destination. Maybe losing weight might be a destination destination. Maybe getting some of your youthful looks back, maybe fitting in last season's clothes or, you know, those jeans from five years ago that you like wearing, you know, <laughs> maybe fitting back in those that might be a destination along your sobriety journey. So be mindful and showing gratitude and knowing what your goals are, because every day you're still going to look up, you're still going to look in the mirror, you still got to go to work. Every day, you still have to take care of yourself. You still have to take care of your family. You still got to take care of that electric bill and the gas bill and all your utilities. Life, for the most part, is still going to feel and look the same by all appearances. But eventually, at some point, we did an exercise in one of our previous videos um, about living your best life. Is I had people like write down on a small little note, little post-it note, I am living my best life and life has never been better. Rip it off. Put it in your folder. And I hope that you forget about it. I hope you forget about it. And then one day you open up your folder, you're taking the junk out because we always have to clean the junk out of our lives, right? Whether it be triggers or old receipts or whatever it is. And I hope that you look in your, in your wallet one day and then you say, I remember when I wrote this and you write down today's date, December 6, 2021. And then you look back at it and it's, and it's, and it's July 6, 2022. And you're like, oh, I wrote this six months ago. And I remember, oh yeah, I was listening to that, uh, the don't drink again guy or whatever his name is. I was listening to him in the sober town place. And, and then they did a thing and I wrote it down and it, I'm, I've been six months sober. So I think that that's one of the things because there's no clear sign. There's no, there's no, the mayor is not going to give you the key to the city. There's not going to be a tinker tape parade. There's not going to be confetti or doves or anything named in your, they're not going to name a star in your honor because you got six months sober. But hopefully, like I said, you'll be able to look around and know that life is just better. Yes, and the, um, <clears throat> you also have inner peace, and I think that that is the holy grail. All that planning, all that anxiety, how are you going to get your alcohol, where are you going to hide it, what are you going to do with it, oh, my God, I've got to go here, I'm not going to be able to drink, I've got to race home to drink. All those things, everything that you plan in your drinking days will all be gone. As you said, life will still happen. But whilst you're drinking, life will be null and void. It is in black and white, and it is not in colour. Sobriety is living in colour and enjoying that pizza and enjoying that ice cream. Um, okay, so is there anything else? We're going to wrap it up um, pretty shortly unless you want to talk about a few other things because you and I have been going at this for nearly an hour. Um, I've got a few things that I want to say as far as tips, but if you've got yeah. something else, go right ahead. Well, let me see if I get to share the bullet points instead of going off on long tangents. i got a few of them. Um, let me just check, uh, check off a couple more that we've talked about already. You know what um, we might do? Let's just stop it here for a moment. Well, I think we're going to end up doing part one and part two. So let's just stop for a moment. Listeners, go get a cup of tea, cup of coffee, whatever, and we'll be back in like 60 seconds. Okay, Jay, now take us uh, back to where we were just, we've had our cuppers, to what we were talking about before. You were talking about some bullet points. Yeah, so I want to talk about, you know, another statistic. We talked about statistics earlier in part one of uh, the today's uh, live stream. We did a bunch of statistics from our live stream and chats every Friday and Sunday night. Uh, one, one interesting statistic is 36% of people didn't see their families last year for one reason or another. Maybe they're too far. 
But for a lot of people, a lot of people couldn't go. They couldn't they couldn't hop on a plane, a train or automobile to Probably, go see their family. Yeah. But they thought that somebody was at risk or somebody got sick or whatever. And so there's 36% of people that are like, oh my God, finally, I, I finally they're lifting these restrictions, even though the numbers are still kind of crazy. But mm -hmm. I'm gonna go see my family this year or I'm hosting this year and they're gonna be subjected to temptation. And they might say, like, well, but but son, it's a holiday tradition. You know that you, me, and your mother, we always drink eggnog during the holidays. You're not, mm -hmm. not gonna say no to your mother and I and then you have that you have that generational trauma you have that generational toxicity that's going to happen and slap you right in the face because also too we found out that nearly 20 percent of our viewers didn't even tell their family they didn't that their family doesn't even know that they got sober that or there that they that they bothered to get sober right. or even thinking to get sober 20 percent 20 percent so they're going to show up cold on the holidays and then maybe they're going to be gifted Oh, here comes the first one. Oh, here, here's, I got you a lovely bottle of wine. Here you go. And you're like, oh no. And like, we've got this, we got your mom's secret recipe eggnog on the counter. And like, oh no. <laughs> and then we're looking at, we've, we've got, we've got, we got logs and, and, and all the stuff in the fire. And we've got the, we got all the holiday things and it's warm and it's cozy. And here, would you, would you like a stout? Would you like a beer? Would you like whatever? So we also have to know that like people are going to be, that's going to be one of the temptations is that, you might not have seen your family. And it's like, I think one of the things that we that we figured out over the past year and a half, two years is that uh, is that life can be fleeting. And then, you know, some of us also lost members of our family and we didn't even get to see them last year because maybe they passed away from COVID or, or passed away from some other disease in general. And we've had too much time and too much distance in between. So we have to know that, uh, you know, that's another form of how temptation is going to come just from missing people. And then you're mm -hmm. going to feel the tip. You're going to feel the pressure of not wanting to say no to these seemingly innocent holiday temptations. You might lower the bar, start to rationalize, you know, like, well, I'm not, it's not like I'm going to a football game and whatever. And it's, uh, it's just my parents. It's just one day during the holidays, but then one day is going to lead to another day for a lot of people. And then another day, and then we're going to be back out of balance again. And then you're going to have to find yourself getting sober dot, dot, dot again, come on New Year's Eve. Right? So we have to think about, is this going to be a new year and a new you, or is this going to be you doing the same old stuff again wish hoping and wishing and praying that like like please help me get sober i don't know what else to do and it's like well obviously there are more steps that you need to take there are more there's there's more discipline that you need to work into your life you need to stop thinking that you can have your cake and eat it too you can't just go hang out with your friends on the weekends at the same old places doing the same old things but expecting to have different results they they decided you know i would think it was einstein that said that that's the definition of insanity is when you when you keep doing the same thing but then you expect mm -hmm. that there's going to be different results right and then so another one i want to talk about real quick was like you know there's a long list of sobriety milestones so if you're out there still listening and you haven't started your sobriety there has to be every everybody's list there's a day one everybody's list has the first full work week of sobriety everybody's list has the first friday saturday and sunday combination everybody's list has the first sober birthday the first sober halloween thanksgiving christmas new year's eve and new year's day valentine's day saint patty's day you name it everybody has those firsts on the on their list we're all doing that together so might as well might as well get a head start now instead of thinking like well i'll start next i'll start next next new year's eve next new year's eve will be one that i don't drink 
I'll drink this one. And you start like, again, you start bargaining with your past self. You start bargaining with alcohol and thinking like, okay, well, I'll, I'll let you have this one alcohol because I do want to see my friends and I know how my friends are going to be. Even though we just did the exercise in the last part one about this in this live stream where you were supposed to write down what? Your toxic triggers for your, your toxic places, people, places, things, and events. You should have already written all those things down and know that these certain friends aren't good for you. These certain places aren't good for you. These certain things that I do aren't good for me. And these certain you know places that I hang out, whatever it is, I got to identify what all my triggers are and where they're going to come from. So I want to talk about that. And I just did. So that's now off the list. And also, too, I wanted to remind you that you will adjust and you will, we, you and I were just talking about this, you will embrace your sober life. And everybody gets scared. Like you think about like the first time that you got dropped off at a babysitter's house or at daycare or the first day of school. And it was probably equally as terrifying, but you don't think about it. You don't put any value or weight on it because you're like, well, I was five or whatever. I was three years old when it happened. Of course, I'd be scared because I was just a child. But just like taking a bottle away from a toddler who you want to switch over to cups, people, adults act the same way. When you take their bottle away, and you create this environment of change, their resistance and resilience to change. They don't want to have to change. They figure out a formula that works and all they're trying to do is just cope with the day and just try to get to the end of the day with the least amount of pain possible. Everybody is acting like a doctor in pain management and we're self-medicating. So be mindful of that. You will embrace and you will embrace and adapt to your new life. And like what most people said, which I don't know if you'll agree, King 13, but I think a lot of us have said the following statement, which is, I wish I stopped drinking sooner. I don't know why yeah, I didn't yeah. start doing this sooner, right? And it was like, oh, obviously, yeah, obviously I was stupid. Now I know how stupid I was. Um, and then- It's because we, um, we believed the lies and we thought that, uh, yeah, it was better drinking. We didn't know what this was like. And then, no um, and so it's going to be a new year, right? So it's going to be a new, a new year and it's going to be a new year, a uh, new year and a new year, new, I can't say this, new year and new you, and a new so year. gift yourself sobriety. That's the biggest gift that you can give yourself is mental clarity, getting out of your own way of your own blessings. Yep. And think yep. about this. This is the last thing that I'll talk about here is I want you to remember this, no matter how good or bad things get, isn't this what we asked for at, at one point in your life you asked for that tv you asked for this house you asked you were hoping that you would get the mortgage that you have or the lease that you have now that you'd have the car that you had that you have in the driveway if you're fortunate enough to have a car or your computer the shirt that you're wearing whatever it is you were looking for you were looking forward to having everything that you have but maybe you started taking all those things for granted you asked for all this at some point if you're sober for one day one week one year you asked for this at some point there was some point where you were either on your knees probably puking in a toilet but probably on your knees asking god please god help me get sober i don't know what else to do i don't know where else to go i've tried everything where everything was like you watched a couple of youtube videos or whatever and that's what you call everything you sort of, you bought it you bought a book on sobriety and it became a, a shelf help book instead of a self-help book <laughs> right and then so think about think about that think about the fact that all of these things you asked for but don't lose don't lose focus of this one fact that I'm, i'll leave you with is you asked for a college education, for example, or whatever education you had. But when you asked to, when you asked to God, like, please, God, help me pass. 
I, help me to get this, this degree in finance. But you didn't directly ask for long nights of studying. You didn't ask for, for the all-nighters where you, you compromised your sleep and you had to wake up early and you had to scrape off all the, all the snow off the windshield of your car if you live in, you know, where I live. And then you had to take your butt down to school and you had to sit there through, like, you didn't ask for the lectures. You didn't ask for having to wake up early with no sleep. You didn't have to, you didn't ask for all those pots of coffee and the gastrointestinal distress, but those are all part of, that's all parts of the process. That's all part of the journey. So don't lose focus and don't lose, don't lose focus on those facts. Like with the good comes the work and you got to put the work in too. Like even if you were going to climb Mount Everest, for example, how long do you even stand at the top? How long do you stand at the peak? Five, five minutes maybe before hopefully the next climber comes up and like, hey, can we, we also want to take some selfies up here. So you spend, you might spend your whole life preparing to climb this mountain. You might spend two months in attempting at base camp four, three, two, and one before you even get to the summit. If you're even lucky enough to get there alive. And then once you get there, you got to get yourself down also too without dying. So life, it's all about the journey. Life is all about the journey. Sobriety is all about the journey, but don't forget about those times where it's going to be less then perfect. You don't forget about those times where it's not a milestone of three months sober or six months sober or one year sober. There's going to be day 192. Nothing's happening on that day. Nobody's going to say congratulations. Nobody's going to ask you on that day if you're sober. You're just going to have to do the work and you're going to have to find more things that are fulfilling and that are going to bring you the joy and the pleasure in your life. And don't forget to look around you it's everywhere. You asked for all of this and you're lucky enough to still have it. Now, I'm going to sum up all that in your own words <laughs> with five words. You started with three. Do you remember the three P's, Jay, that you and I talked about that you invented? And this is yeah. really what it's all about. The first P was preparation. And Jay has talked about the long version of that, listeners. It is extremely important to plan. Right, and we've just we've talked about that a lot today. Well, we have. What was the second thing? Do you remember? Practice. practice. We got to practice right. sobriety. Just like you said, you're going to go to the edge and jump. No, you're going to go and take a good damn look first before you do that. Number three was the one that I think we all need to learn and expand on, and that's patience. Remember, patience. You've got to have patience. And then I added a, two more after this. I added persistence because, like you said, getting sober dot, dot, dot again, that would be coming back and not giving up and trying again. And the last one that I have added is process because this is going to be a long and never-ending learning process. I mean, I go down rabbit holes. I live and breathe this stuff. I think you do too as far as the sobriety world. And um, I'm forever educating myself and trying to find out the best ways that I can self-manage and do this on my own. I think I'm at a place now where I'm, pretty, I'm in a pretty good spot, pretty sweet spot. But as I said, I've worked and lived and breathed this like a full-time job for the last nearly 12 months. Um, it's interesting, you know, you're talking about those days like the, the Christmas holidays and there's so much, I think, anticipation and sort of sometimes obligation that goes into those days. My mother used to say to me, when I couldn't get home for Christmas or a special time of birthday, she'd say to me, darling, it's just another day. It's just another 24 hours. It will come and it will go. 
So what I'm doing this year, and especially even toward my one year, I am playing it down. I'm just taking each day as it comes in my peaceful, non-anxiety existence at the moment, which I love, and it will come and it will go because I know that that's just the beginning of a lot of other milestones. And you do have to achieve your milestones. And when you achieve them and you do achieve your small goals and your big goals, reward yourself. So I want everyone out there to buy themselves a little Christmas present this year, wrap it up, put your name on it, stick it under the tree and open it on Christmas Day. Um, my, I've worked some tips down here too, which I'm glad because I think you covered a lot of them. Um, the first one was recognising your relapse. And these come from um, a facility out of Connecticut called Turnbridge. I just Googled them. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, we did recognise your triggers, like Jay said. Places, parties, friends, anywhere you used to go that you used to celebrate and drink. Um, we can grieve those relationships and those times and those happenings, but you've got to maintain your self-care. And if it gets too much, basically, you can always just simply walk away um, nicely, but walk away. Have your plan. Jay talked about that too. Think ahead. Always be prepared. Somebody offers you a drink, simply say no thank you. If you feel comfortable saying I don't drink, you can add that. Just simple no thank you. If they persist, just say I'm good, thanks. And again, just excuse yourself and walk away. If they follow you, there's something wrong with them. Um, number three, this is one that I think is really important. Keep a non-alcoholic drink in your hand at all times. It avoids excessive explanations. Bring your own drinks, guys. If you're going to any particular function and you want to be prepared, bring your own LaCroix or bring your own, you know, seltzer, whatever it may be, ginger beer, ginger ale, and that way you know that you're good to go. Um, don't be afraid to talk about your sobriety or recovery. If you're a little bit more down the track in your early days, I can understand that you still think there might be the stigma and you really don't want to get into it. That's fine. You've got to do this on your own time. If, like myself, you're owning a sobriety, most people I know know that now I am not drinking. It is your choice really to talk about it because you never know. Somebody else that might be battling the same thing and you might even inspire others. I don't necessarily bring it up on purpose, but if someone wants to talk about it, then sure, we can talk about it because those people closest to me are probably in shock and want to know how the heck that I have done it. I haven't seen a lot of my friends and family from home yet, so I'm sure I'll be having those conversations when I get uh, back to Australia. Um, the other couple of tips here says is keep busy. If you're going to these functions, guys, and you're around a lot of people, family, be it whatever, chances are you might have not seen them for a while, like Jay said, with COVID and just not being able to be um, in physical, um, you know, company with them. Just stay busy. Engage with those old and young. Try and get around and say hi to the room and work the room, okay, if that's possible. What I used to do, even when I was drinking, I'd go outside and play with the kids for a bit. Um, but don't just sit in one place. Don't get stagnant because the anxiety might come on and just, you know, you don't want that happening. Learn how to channel the holiday stress. Just beforehand, just walk, read, do some meditation, some yoga. I love my music. I listen to music. And again, connection. I go to every sober meeting that I have scheduled into my week. I don't miss them. And without them, if I do, I find that I really do miss them. If you've got a sober friend that you can physically see and have a coffee with, do it. Because connection, as I said, I do think is the opposite of addiction and absolutely a success to your sobriety. Um, just stick to your strategies or your meetings, like I just said there. Have somebody in your back pocket when you go into these events, guys. You must know people now who are sober. Yeah. I hope you do. 
even if it's one person, let them know, hey, I'm going to a Christmas party or I've got you know Christmas Day on. I may just have to call you if I get stuck. Do that. Keep them in your back pocket just in case. And more importantly, if you're going to an event or function, drive. And that gives you your exit strategy. You can say goodbye, thank the host. You don't have to go around and thank everybody else. If you're feeling stressed, if you're feeling like, wow, I just need to get out of here, just say goodbye to the host and leave. It's okay to do that. By that chance or by that time, maybe most people are half-charged anyway and won't notice you've even gone. Right, Jay? Correct. Stick up for yourself. Stick up for yourself. You you have the power. I'm all yeah. about, you know, Zoom yesterday, guys, all about the power in sobriety. I can't say it enough. If you get sober down, you just realize how many powers that you do have. Trust yourselves. It's um, it's a good thing because your gut's never wrong. So, Jay, what else? Is there anything else? I think we've given the listeners a lot to work with there. Um, I think we can give them one more hour. Let's do it. (laughs) Yeah, listen to this again. If you certainly didn't get all that and put it down on paper, because like Jay, I talk quickly, but you can go back and listen to us and get those tips down on paper and, hey, carry them in your pocket if you need to, right? For sure. No, I like that point about sticking up for yourself um, around the holidays, because, again, you're brought into this world and somebody's in charge of you. From the moment you start breathing, somebody's in charge of you. And then that's going to be your parents, obviously, or whoever's taking care of you. And then you go to school and then somebody's taking, somebody's telling you what to do. Like there's always somebody telling you what to do and telling you how you're supposed to feel or how you're supposed to be and what we're doing here and get with the program and, you know, all this stuff. And then, so like, if you find yourself like King 13 was saying, in any situation with peer pressure, some people, unfortunately, just, they're an older outdated model and they just honestly they don't know any better some people want you to have a good time because because misery loves company but you get to when we talk about the three p's of sobriety the middle one is practicing sobriety and part of practicing sobriety is saying to people you get to practice saying no to bob from accounting this holiday season at the holiday party you get to say no to your boss not even just no just like oh yeah i don't drink and it's like oh wow and one of the problems for us is like we have a hard time we have a hard time reinventing ourselves because we know that other people know that we were a different way previously, right? It's, it, it, you, don't have to, you don't have to worry about what other people think. You're not a child anymore. But we've come from that mindset and that mentality of that somebody is your boss, somebody's in charge of you, somebody's telling you what to do and you have to perform, perform, perform. You have to be a certain way and you don't have to be anything that you don't want to be. And you get to practice sticking up for yourself. You get to practice saying, no, I don't, yeah, I don't drink. Yeah, it's awesome. I'm just here having a, who knew? I'm just here having a good time and I don't, I don't, I don't drink. This is how I am all the time. You get to practice saying that now. And this is the new you. It's a new year and it is a new you. And that's the thing, right? When we were drinking or when I was drinking, I always felt like I had to defend myself and justify what I was doing. You know, listeners, I'm telling you right now, you owe absolutely nobody an explanation about anything unless you want to divulge it. And I've got a new theory even for myself now. I'm a pretty private person. And I do not tell anybody anything unless they have earned that trust. There you go. But when I was drinking, and if I had sat next to Jay at lunch, Jay and I would have told each other our whole life stories as strangers and never to be seen again. That's what I used to do. Now... You know what I mean? We too all, much information. We all, we, we, we've all done that. Oh, yeah, where'd you come from? Oh, 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 you know that person too. And off you go. But now 
in sobriety, as I said, it's a it's not so much even control. I've, I've let go of controlling what everybody else does, what everybody else thinks. It's not my issue. My issue is taking care of myself. I want you guys to take have some self-care over Christmas. It's really important. You are worth it. You deserve it. You are important. And as I said, just do it for yourselves and get yourselves that little present. So on that note, Jay, anything else before we say goodbye? I've really enjoyed talking to you. I'm glad we're going to come back. I'm sure Jay's going to be back with me in 2022. That sounds yeah. like Jetsons. Do, 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 do. do you remember when you were a kid? Well, I'm older than you. The Jetsons were out of this world, and I think that we will be driving out of this world in the not-too-distant future. I don't think. Uh, I don't know. I don't know about all I that. I don't know. You never know. Here, here, Here's the barometer for this. The day that everybody uses their turn signals will be the day that we can start thinking about going yeah. outer space. <laughs> yeah, How about that? To Miami. Now, Miami, <laughs> they don't even use anything. They're lucky yeah. if they use their brakes. But anyway. All right. right. Well, listeners, thank you for that. We want to wish you a very, very Merry Christmas. Happy holidays. Whatever it is that you choose to uh, you choose to call it. It's been a pleasure, Jay. Thank you so, so much. You and I will get together again in the new year. We're going to have lots of good things happening. I think we should talk about setting goals in the new year as well. Little ones into big ones. Yeah, big, big one. scary ones. <laughs> big scary Too ones. many big scary ones. Yeah, that's what everybody does. Like, I'm going to read a book a week, and I'm going to lose 40 pounds, and I'm going to stop drinking, I'm going to stop smoking weed, and I'm going to improve my relationship with my partner, because that's never the first one. It's like the fifth one down. <laughs> and I'm going to get a better job, and you're like, oh, man. And then, like, the first week into it, you've already quit. You're back on sugar. Yeah, I was going to say, cup. the opposite <laughs> happens to everything. You end up in a much worse place. One thing at a time, just like one day at a time. <laughs> Yeah, there you and go. And on that on that note, guys, um, I'm going to say goodbye from King 13. It's been a pleasure. And Jay, would you like to say goodbye? Goodbye, everybody. It's been a pleasure. I love being here. Check out Sobertown Podcast for those of you that are following already at gettingsoberagain.com. And it's been my it's been the most fun. Like I said, you're the only person I talk to. It's otherwise oh, I mostly God. just sit, I just sit in the basement and uh, talk to my cat. So thanks for talking <laughs> to me. No, it's been my pleasure. We'll do it again. See you later, listeners, and take care. And remember. Whatever you do, just pour the poison down the sink. Bye. Bye.